Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Saturday on KLBJ with hosts Ed and Ben Clements. They're taking calls at 512-836-0590 or toll-free at 877-590-KLBJ. Hi again, everyone, and welcome back to the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. We're broadcasting live from Dirty Martin's Place on the drag where a lot of Longhorn fans have made their way from DKR Texas Memorial Stadium after the Longhorns. 37-10 victory over the Rye Sows. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements and Scotty Sayers. Our show proudly brought to you by Covert and Bastrop, Howie Breen and Herman, Attorneys at Law, Plains Capital Bank, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, S&B Amusements, Delaware Subs, and by Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Ben and Scotty, Longhorns win by 27 points. They don't cover the spread. The betters are let down today at the stadium, but all in all, a much better second half than the first half for the Longhorns, who will travel to Tuscaloosa a week from today. Okay, Pop, real quick before we start the show, I'm going to give you a leaderboard update. Let's get to all, all the uh, the games of today, uh, starting with the Horns 37-10 over the Rice Owls. Number two, Michigan, 30-3 over East Carolina. Tennessee, 49-13 over UVA. Colorado over number 17 TCU, 45-42. Oklahoma walloped Arkansas State, 73-0. Iowa, 24-14 over Utah State. Ole Miss, 73-7 over Mercer. Big shocker. Oregon laid an 81-point burger over Portland State, 81-7. Ohio State, 23-3 over Indiana. Not a lot of points there. Notre Dame, as we know, uh, 56-3 over Tennessee State. That is, so far, the top 25 uh, stats of the week. Um, an upset in Big Ten play. Purdue got beat. Cuts and cards. New team got beat by Fresno State late. And a really, really group of good teams, good good games starting now, including, I'm not sure how good this is going to be, Texas State playing at Baylor, UT San Antonio at Houston, and in just a little while, the Texas Tech Red Raiders play at Wyoming. So uh, some interesting games today. But looking at the Longhorn win, Quinn Ewers on the day, 19 of 30 for 260 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Malik Murphy came in for the Longhorns, three of five for Malik Murphy and the Longhorns, 40 yards passing, and uh, that was for Malik. And did not play was Arch Manning. Not really, su- not surprised about that because yeah. in a perfect world, you don't see Arch Manning very much. No, I, I think in the perfect world, guys, you would have seen Texas go up 35-0 to zero at, halftime. And, at halftime, and then that gives you time to bring in Malik Murphy in the third quarter and then bring in Arch Manning, but that wasn't the case today, and let's start from the bottom, and we're, we're going to work our way down. we got to get into all the games of the day, um, but Texas, I was there. We were there. Bad start for the Horns. Yeah. It, it was sloppy. It, they did not have a lot of sense of urgency. Quinn did not look fantastic. He did not look like the Heisman hopeful that he was a week ago. But Texas figured it out. It, 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 it occurred to me, I think midway through the court, third quarter, that Sarkeesian, and maybe this was me just hopeful, like, who cares if we don't cover? Who cares if I just lost $1,000 in the game? Who cares <laughs> if I can't get my, my fiancé our honeymoon anymore that they didn't cover? I think Sarkeesian does not care about a blowout. He wants to win and move on. I think that might be the long-run mentality this year. And I think the mentality today was not show a lot. Yeah. Because if you look at the stats, uh, Ewers had the 260 yards passing. 
in the ru- in the running department. Jaden Blue led the Longhorns with 55 yards. Jonathan Brooks, 52 yards. But you also saw C.J. Bacter. Keelan Robinson only had one carry today for two yards, and that's surprising to me. But I really believe Steve Sarkeesian did not open the playbook very, very much. Okay, so, yes, Pop, you're right, and... Dad, you and I were at the game. Scotty, I think you watched on television, so you had a better eye than us. But C.J. Baxter, Cedric Baxter, who was uh, who started today, he is the freshman who was the highly touted freshman. He had a 32-yard run and goes out of the game with a with a so-called. I think they're saying it's a concussion, right, Scotty? Yeah, a well, concussion. They were doing concussion protocol. Yeah, just to check. And and I think that took. Sarkeesian's plan and threw it out the window in terms of the rushing game. This was a kid who came out of high school the clear best recruit Texas had and he they gave him the start. Look at who Texas had. Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson they had some quote unquote veterans and they decided to start the C.J. Baxter and he looked great. He, did he look finally good. Yeah. opened one up, had a 32 yard run. It looked like a minor hit. Most of us in the stands thought it was his shoulder but they gave put him in the concussion protocol. I'm hoping that for Sarkeesian's sake, they didn't want to risk it, so they didn't want to put him back in. Sure, but you, I, you didn't have to. That, in my opinion, there's a lot that went down today that was good for Texas. C.J. Baxter's his one run that took him out of the game was the brightest spot for Texas because that showed they have a clear, fantastic 18-year-old running back who people are already comparing to to uh, Cedric Benson. Wow. Six foot two, 225 yards, 20, 25 pounds. He's a very good running back. Yeah, and this is a weird week, guys. I mean, it's always weird the first week of the season because you've got these mismatches. And Texas pays Rice a bunch of money to come in here and right. play a game where they're patsies. And that's happening all around the country. Now, Colorado TCU is a good game. Fresno State, Purdue wasn't supposed to be a good game, ended up being a good game. But. I mean, look, Georgia's only ahead seven to nothing in their game, with six minutes to go in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get some. Well, new, they've got they've got the new quarterback too, so that's the yeah. It's a feeling it out process. Uh-huh. One thing I thought was a bright spot for this Texas team was the defense. Yeah, for Rice today, only eight first downs on uh, the day, only eight first downs, and total yards for Rice today. Only 176 yards. Yeah, that is that's phenomenal. No, I agree. Pete Piekowski's defense, how well they played. And I mentioned it last hour. Texas had 35 players sub in on defense. They were really that, rolling that, them in. Does yeah. that not sound strange to you guys? There are 11 guys in the field at a time. They had 35 players play on that defense. That's a lot of in and out. Keeps guys fresh. I love that. I, that's something we haven't seen in Texas in a long time. Typically, you have your 11 to maybe 15 guys that you're subbing in and out. But 35? And that's what Steve Sarkeesian said in the first news conference uh, last month. He said, I feel good with the, the two deep, and it's more than two deep yeah. when it comes to defense. Clearly, yeah, it's three deep. You could see those linemen being rotated in and yeah. in and in. So that was that was really good, but just it was... Yeah, hey, you, you, you had to realize, everybody thought this was going to happen, that Texas was dominate Rice at the line of scrimmage when the Texas defense, and they did exactly that because Rice really couldn't do anything. They had the trash touchdown late to McCaffrey, but it was just all in all, you know, Rice broke a few big plays, but yeah. not many at all. So 35 players. Now, you wouldn't have seen that 
four years ago no. before they changed the red shirt rule. True. That's you know, you're seeing more players get some early season snaps yeah. because it doesn't burn a year. Yeah. And it used to. Yeah. So that's a that's a little bit of a different situation and, than what we've seen. And quite frankly, guys, I was I was happy to see that and you don't want to lurk on the past, but let's remember what happened last year at Alabama. Your star player, Quinn Ewers, goes down, and you scramble. You scramble. You bring in Hudson Card. You bring in your backup. I think Steve Sarkeesian, the Longhorns, have learned the, 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 the hard lesson that your backup has to be ready to go. And in the de- Texas defense... You bring in your second guys. You bring in your third yeah, guys because like you that. do not know what's going to happen next week. You're exactly right, Ben, because anything anything can happen at Alabama. And, again, on the offensive side of the ball, we saw Malik Murphy briefly in the fourth quarter, but yeah. he got he got his, you know, got his feel. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to harsh on his mellow, as you guys used to say when y'all were teenagers, because this was <laughs> the first time he has seen the field yes. in, a, in a game jersey. He's played in the spring game. He looked great. He hasn't touched a real snap. This was his first time, so there were nerves. I think we clearly saw nerves from the entire team, even Quinn Ewers in that first drive. Yeah. So this is a clear case of, of, of brushing off the rust. I know they've been playing you know, against each other in, in spring training and practice, but it's different when he put on that, that real game, game jersey. So, you know, it wasn't sexy, but Texas got the job done. And there's a lot to look forward to. Steve Sarkeesian has a lot to look at in the tapes this week. And the defense played well enough where there there's going to be a, a very competitive game next week in, and, and that's in one Alabama. Thing, one thing Alabama would like to do, I know, is run the ball. And that's one a great thing Texas defense did, stopping the rush of Rice. I don't, can't compare Rice to to uh, Alabama, but still, uh, still, they put up some gaudy, gaudy numbers. Has anybody ever compared Rice to Texas in anything? Mm -hmm. Alabama, excuse me? Mm -hmm. Not to Alabama. Now, Rice used to beat Texas every once in a while. Before before the break, you know my favorite part of the game was, guys? What's that? During during a break, during a timeout, they played the JFK uh, the moon speech. Oh, they when, did. When, yeah. they, when they brought up, when, when JFK said, you know, why do we go to the moon? Blah, 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 blah. Why does Rice play Texas? Why does Rice play <laughs> and Texas? everybody went nuts. I yeah. forgot that he mentioned yeah. that, that speech. Isn't that great? That it's was because great. it is hard. Because it is hard. It was hard today for the boys from the Institute as they lost to the Longhorns 37-10. to 10. When we come back, hey, we're going to open up a phone line. I know we got some people driving home from the stadium. Here's the number, 512 512- 83605 number 512 8360590 I should say Ed and Ben and Scotty this is the end zone club live from Dirty Martin's place we're about to watch Texas Tech and Wyoming from Laramie Wyoming other great games going on including UT San Antonio and the Houston Cougars we'll have more on the end zone club brought to you by Covert and Bastrop Howie Breen and Herman Attorneys at Law Plains Capital Bank Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, Delaware Subs, S&B Amusements, and by Pokey Joe's Barbecue. Back right after this. We are back on the show. I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements and Scotty Sears. This is the End Zone Club brought to you by Pokey Joe's Barbecue, S&B Amusements, Delaware Subs, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, Plains Capital Bank, Howie Breen and Herman, Attorneys at Law, and by Colbert and Bastrop. Discussing the Longhorns' big win over the Rice House. I say big. It was a it was don't a win. Say, don't say big. I won't say big. If, if you're was, in Vegas, it's not big. If it you're was a win. Right now, it's not <laughs> a big pop. 
It's not big. Lizzie, we're not going on our honeymoon anymore. If you bet on the Longhorns, you didn't cover the spread. It's not good. 37 to 10, but a win's a win's a win. It is. Going into Alabama next week. 6 o'clock kickoff in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Colorado over TCU, 45 to 42. Oklahoma. Are the Sooners back, fellas? Oklahoma over Arkansas State, 73 to nothing. Iowa State was a winner today, as was Cincinnati. Let me ask you, Ben. Yeah. Colorado, the game was stunning. Yeah. Deion Sanders' son threw for 510 yards, and he's now self-proclaimed. He's in the Heisman watch. More power to him. They play (laughs) Nebraska this week, but I think this is is just a testament to Deion Sanders and the type of head coach he is or can be in the future. You know, it's funny. I... um this morning, I went to, to, to brunch with my buddies. We went to Muddy's Tex-Mex, yes. favorite of the 15th club. Proud sponsor. News Radio, KLBJ. And we were watching the first part of the game. And I, they went up 7-0. And I told my buddies, guys, if Colorado wins this game, this is going to put college football into mayhem because of Deion Sanders, because of Colorado, because of the 80 new players they have, because of everything. And... My God, it happened. You know, this is a team that we've never seen this before. We've never seen a guy that is one of the most famous football faces and names in the history of the game come into a program to a to a Colorado. It's Colorado. They're not good at football since since the nineties. That comes Still in. Still McCartney, yeah, they brings in, brings in eighty new players. He made controversy for his first players meeting. Said. Guys, I'm Deion Sanders. See that guy there? That's my son. He's our quarterback. Here's our linebacker. If y'all don't like it, you can transfer. I don't care. This is a guy that shook up college football. He ruffled feathers. He ruffled feathers. Did it his way. His first game, he beats a team that went to the national championship last year. I am shocked. I'm not surprised because I I watched a lot of, of... of Deion Sanders last year. I watched Jackson State. His son is a great quarterback. He is a great coach. I think people see the flashiness and the bravado and maybe a little bit of the arrogance and they think he's in over his head. He's a great coach. And we saw what he did recruiting. He knows what he's doing. These guys relate to him. They want to go play for him. He is arguably the greatest athlete of all time. And he's doing and it. Greatest athlete of our time of playing multiple sports, you mean? Yes. Football and baseball. Yeah. He did have that. He I, is. Yeah. He is. We, that's, a, that's a discussion for another time. But he's in that discussion. But people want to play for him. Let me just say, he had all the elements. And I didn't. I never saw this coming. because. But he had the elements. He had a quarterback, his son. He had wide receivers. He had the number one recruit in the nation who plays both ways. He had skill positions. And that really, and uh, TCU played horrendous defensively giving up all those points and matter of fact Colorado scored their final touchdown the game winning touchdown with just over two minutes to play on a fourth and ten play uh, it just went wrong for Sonny Dykes we talked about this earlier Ben in the first hour when when TCU TCU won so many close games yet last year uh, overtime against Oklahoma State at home against Kansas State the Baylor game the Texas game so you had to think it was going to happen sooner or later pop Scotty, Colorado had four receivers with over 100 yards receiving. <laughs> wow. They had four receivers combined for four touchdowns. Their top receiver had three, wow. including Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the country, freshman this year, who also, besides playing receiver, who had 119 yards and a touchdown, 
he was starting at free safety. Wow. He did? He went both ways He today? was playing both ways. Wow. This is a team that we really <laughs> haven't seen anybody like Colorado in a long time. And it's kind of a, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to me, but, you know. TCU's defense is horrible. And it wasn't that many years ago that TCU was noted for its defense. Right. And, boy, I think it's going to be a, a maybe a bit of a long season. Their offense is great. Offense is very, very good. They scored 42 today. They yeah. scored 42 points. So next week, Colorado plays a conference game. Well, excuse me. It's not It's it's not a conference game anymore. It used to be a conference game. Colorado and Nebraska. It's a rivalry. For it's sure. a rivalry for sure. But it's going to be interesting to see if, if they can carry over and Dion does not allow the team to get so excited about this big win over you know, you know what I'm thinking TCU. right now? Uh, is Utah in the Big 12 next year? Utah's in the Big 12 next year. Okay, Colorado's so in the Big 12 next year. You have two future Big 12 teams. Florida, or excuse me, uh, Utah, they wouldn't beat Florida Thursday night. Yeah. Colorado wouldn't beat TCU today. Yeah. You have two teams that are coming to the Big 12 that are already making some pretty good noise. Uh, Indeed you know, they are. It's, yeah. kind of, it's the big picture I'm talking, but... The Big 12 has got to be, especially that commissioner of theirs who is not talking great about Texas. Brett Yarmuk. He yeah. is smiling heavy right now with what he just saw from the Colorado Buffaloes. Now, we, we is it too early to go on upset alert in Waco? The Texas State Bobcats. Your lead, alma mater. My alma mater lead the Baylor Bears 7-3 to with seven minutes to play in the first quarter. They're underway in Houston, UT San Antonio in Houston. They're also underway in Stillwater, Oklahoma State, and Central Arkansas. Other winners today, we said Oklahoma 73 to nothing. The question for you guys, is Oklahoma back? We, we, we talked about earlier Dylan Gabriel, who was really, really good at times. He was hurt against Texas, but they put 73 points up, and I think this is Brent Venables telling his, his fans and the administration, I can still coach. That's why he put up 73 today. No, you know, they, they look really good. Anybody that puts up seven touchdowns, that is that is a statement win. At the same time, though, you know, I, and I'm not going to compare Arkansas State to Rice because I'm not going to say their win is better than Texas or Texas is better than, than Oklahoma's. But, you know, they did their job. And, and Dylan Gabriel, he didn't have... He didn't have the screw you game that it looks like on paper. You know, he went 19 for 22, 308 yards and a couple touchdowns. Their backup, Jackson Arnold, went a solid 100% 11 for 11 Wow! with 114 yards and a touchdown. They played a very good game. They also had, get this, guys, rushing. They had seven touchdowns, excuse me, six touchdowns rushing. They had four different rushers score a touchdown. That's pretty great. But are we going to concede that Oklahoma's back and they're all of a sudden the clear favorite to win in the Big 12? No, no. Oh, no, 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 no they're no. not. Because but. you can't compare this Texas game and this Oklahoma game or that TCU game or this upcoming Texas Tech game. But I do think, Ben, by putting up 73, and remember last year when we lost, last saw Oklahoma for most of the year, uh, their defense was a sieve against uh, Texas, against TCU and others, and Brent Venables, who's a defensive coach, was really, really embarrassed about that, and they were moaning in Norman because they couldn't score, but this is just, again, this is a statement win for Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners, and I still think how cool it would be if Texas and Oklahoma were to be undefeated when they meet at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas in early October. Look, they scored 
the first 11 times they had the ball. <laughs> they scored 10 touchdowns and a field goal. Yeah. And they didn't let any points uh, from the opposition get on the board. So that's a big confidence booster is. for a team that was very average or below, a- below average yeah, below. last year. So, Ed, I kind of agree with you. Ben says it doesn't mean anything. It does mean a lot for confidence. It doesn't mean they're a good team yeah. yet. So I, was, I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything because you're right. It's, it's a lot for confidence. But I don't think you can crown a statement win until you get to a Power 5 team. Until you get to a team that means something. Next week they have SMU. Then the week after that they have told. Maybe Cincinnati will mean something. Yeah, Cincinnati uh, had a big win today, and Cincinnati's one of the lower ends of the t- scale in the Big 12 you know, now. It's not going to mean anything in terms of are you back, have you found your footing, until you play a team that's been there. That That is a big challenge. we got to take a break for the news. We are at Dirty Martin's place about to watch Texas Tech in Wyoming. Longhorns win today 37-10 to against the Rice Owls to go 1-0. It's going to get tougher, needless to say, next week. This time next week, they'll be facing the Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll be back with more on the End Zone Club from Dirty's right after this news break. Back on the End Zone Club on this Saturday afternoon, I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements. We're live from Dirty Martin's Place, about to watch Wyoming and Texas Tech. Longhorns win today 37-10. We're taking your phone calls at 512-836-0590. Thoughts on the Longhorn games? How are you feeling about it? Our show proudly brought to you by Howery Breen and Herman Attorneys at Law, Plains Capital Bank, Sue Patrick at 5222 Burnett Road, Delaware Subs, S&B Amusements, Pokey Joe's Barbecue, and by Covert, in Bastrop. 37-10 the final score from the stadium. A dominating performance for the Texas Longhorns defense. They gave up a cheap touchdown late to Rice, but the Texas Longhorn offense then found their way in the second half behind Quinn Ewers, who accounted for all four Texas touchdowns. Yeah, Pop, I think going in the the season that Quinn Ewers was the storyline. How is he going to perform? After last season's ups and downs, what was he going to look like? And first half, I think most Texas fans would agree, didn't look that great. He had flashes of, of preparedness. He ended up going 19 for 30 with 260 yards and three touchdowns. He didn't have the big screw-ups. He didn't throw any interceptions. But the offense at times looked like they could not move the ball against a far, far inferior Rice defense. Yeah. So I... I, I, I do. I would like to see what the Texas fan base thinks. I want to know, you know, what their opinions are. By the way, five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Give us a call. Give us your opinion and let us know what you thought about the the game today. I, you know, bluntly, I was less than impressed by Quinn Ewers after a season under his belt and a pretty monumental season last year. I thought that he would come out firing on all cylinders. I thought we'd see Texas up by 30-plus at the first half, but it was the opposite. It really took a long time for him to get his footing. It took an entire half because 16-3, to 
was a halftime score, and several drives uh, were stalled on two separate occasions when the Longhorns needed one, one and a half yards on uh-huh. fourth down. And this is right. They, they didn't get it, so they looked sluggish in the first half. But, again, he got his footing in his second half, found Jatavian Sanders, found Worthy, found others, and he really righted the ship in the second half. Uh, saying that there's work to be done, but also saying that I don't think Steve Sarkeesian opened the playbook very much. No. Did, did not. But going into next week's game, and by the way, Alabama is set to begin in just a little bit, a little bit about Middle Tennessee State. It's going to have to take a monument, not a monumental, it's going to have to take just a super effort yeah. uh, to beat Alabama next week. Texas will go into the game probably at least a touchdown underdog. Yeah, no, I agree, Pop. You know, the line for the Alabama game has gone down since it opened up in Vegas, but I think we might see it rising again after today. I agree with you that Steve Sarkeesian, I think he kept that playbook pretty plain. We didn't see anything too sexy. We didn't see any showboat. We didn't see the big stars come out with that offense. We saw a pretty average offense, a lot of the play calls that we could have predicted, but... Pretty, pretty vanilla play calling today, I thought. I yeah. just, you know, and we saw a lot of we saw a lot of receivers get into the game. We, we saw ten different receivers catch a ball um, led by Xavier Worthy, seven receptions for 90 yards, no touchdowns. I, I thought... Uh, Donnie Mitchell, who only had three catches, but he had a looked, touchdown. He had, he had a, touchdown. a touchdown. Yeah, he looked he good. He was a bright spot for me in the game. But Jordan Whittington had a couple of that. I mean, what two or three catches? Yeah, Jordan Whittington had four catches, four catches. forty-seven yards. Uh, Jatavion Sanders, he's a guy that it, it it boggled my mind because he is the six-six tight end who high school was a star receiver. He's so big that they moved him to tight end. He's somebody that that I think that. He could surpass David Thomas as the greatest tight end in Texas history. I would like to see him get into the game more often. I'd like to see them pinpoint him a little more. But that, that is an excellent point. Let me jump in because good things happen when Jatavian Sanders has a ball. Two catches for good, 44 yards and good a touchdown happen, today. Good things happen because when you get the ball to him, that's going to open up the Worthies and the Whittingtons. A quarterback's best friend, Pop, is a tight end. Yeah. We know that. It is. And... Again, I just I gotta believe with my heart of hearts. Steve Steve Sarkeesian is leaving, you know, uh, the stadium right now going, Well, it didn't open it up very much. I think the only thing disappointing to Longhorn fans, and I'll be honest, you look at you look at the Oklahoma today winning seventy three nothing. They didn't cover. They didn't cover the <laughs> spread, which is you know that's and they didn't blow them out. It, yeah. it was it was a win, a very convincing win. But listen, Rice was still hanging around in the first half, which yeah. nobody. I, I never thought that would happen, them hanging around. You know, with the way Texas football has been going, let's be honest, since, yeah, we since sh- 2009, yeah, we shouldn't moan about I it, don't think we? Texas fans should moan. We're not going to moan. In my opinion, what I would like to see from Steve Sarkeesian is the blinders. Put on the blinders. Who gives a rat's ass what Oklahoma did? Who cares that Colorado just beat TCU? You put on those blinders, and you win, and you move on. Every week is a new opportunity. It doesn't matter if you win by one or 63 points or 67 in Oklahoma's. It doesn't matter. And I think what Texas showed today was that they have a very, very good defense. Yes. The offense has to, you know, they have to tighten up the hatches a little bit. But they have a defense with one of the best linebackers in the country and Jalen Ford, who had a great interception. They have a great defensive front. 
and they have a lot of guys. Again, 35 players played in defense. They have a lot of depth that they can work with on that defensive side. And going into next week in Tuscaloosa, they've got to have that confidence from what happened last year, how close they came last year with Quinn Ewers knocked out in the first quarter. Yeah. And you got about three or four plays. You had the terrible calls by the referees <laughs> on the on the safety. And then you had the late uh, Bryce Edwards scramble that uh, yeah. set up the game-winning field goal. So it's going to be fun to watch as Steve Sarkeesian goes against his old old boss, uh, Nick Saban. And by the, way, by the way, they're about to start. Uh, in Tuscaloosa against Middle Tennessee. Uh, let's get you uh, up to date on some scores. Oklahoma State is up on Central Arkansas 7 to nothing. That should be a slaughter tonight in Stillwater. The Houston Cougars have jumped out to an early 7 nothing lead against UT San Antonio and Jeff Trailer. Texas State still leads Baylor 7-6. to They're playing late in the first quarter in Kansas State over Southeast Missouri by a score of 7-0. Houston has done maybe the coolest thing I've ever seen a college football team ever do, Pop. You showed me it. I think you showed me yeah. somebody did. Yeah. The Houston Cougars, who are, as you know, if you, you football fans listening probably know, Houston Cougars, their colors are red and white. Yeah. And what did they do this season to open up the season? They went with the a... A love you blue, love you blue of the Houston Oilers. Yeah. They got the baby blues on with the red and the white. That is the coolest jersey I've ever seen in college it football. It is really cool. It you is. Just, you saw that, right? Oh, I did. I if, thought if, it was great. If you're listening, don't don't do it now when you're driving. Pull over or when you get home, look up the Houston Cougars jerseys. Yeah. It is a montage to the Houston Oilers. Oh, my God. See, it is really That's cool. That's awesome. It's really cool. We talk about it on the 102.7 ESPN show. I don't know if you know this or not, but when the Tennessee Titans play the Houston Texans this year, mm -hmm. the Tennessee Titans will wear the Oilers jersey, which is Boo. disgusting. Boo. Which is disgusting to me. Boo. They shouldn't be doing that because they rip the Oilers away from the Houston fans. That's like Oklahoma City saying, you know what, we're going to wear green and yellow. It's right. a big F you to Seattle. Exactly. You know, don't do that. Yeah, don't do Houston that, Houston Cougars, they're in Houston. They yeah. can do that. And yeah. the jerseys are so sweet. I think we can agree, baby blue looks good on anybody. That's why everybody loves North Carolina. It looks great. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for North, for Houston, a former Big 12 team. Um, a, cur a, a, cur a current, excuse big, me, yeah, this is the first season. Yeah. I keep forgetting all this new. I know, it, all the new alignments. And also, I see Colorado. I saw what Colorado did, and I see what Utah did, and I'm thinking, gosh, the Big 12 is going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Let's take a look at the national scoreboard before we take a break. Georgia now leads uh, UT Martin 17 to nothing at halftime. University of Tennessee Martin. Okay. Yeah, 17. That's, that's a surprise. The defending national champion, number one team in the nation, only winning 17 nothing. Pop. Pardon me? That team that they defeated in the national championship. Just got beat by a unknown 80-man roster in Colorado. You're right so. about that. Elsewhere, Southern Cal leads Nevada in the second quarter, 28 to seven. Caleb Williams trying to continue his good play, but most importantly, I think the USA defense has to say, "Hey, we got a defense too." Yeah. So they lead 28 to seven. How good is USC? USC is very is great offensively, but defensively they're not so good. That's Pac-12 football. Yeah. You, you, are you thinking that when they go over the, the Big Ten next year, surely they're going to have to get a new defensive coordinator in 
transition. I don't right? think they will. Because big Pac-12 football is like Big 12. Yeah. Score, 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 score. and see what you can do on defense. Yeah. Elsewhere, the Aggies have scored on New Mexico. It's 7 to nothing. Uh, they're underway now in Tuscaloosa. Nothing, nothing in that game. They're underway also at Happy Valley, West Virginia, and Penn State. Nothing, nothing. And they're about to start. Uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina versus South Carolina. Our buddy Mac Brown versus uh, Frank Beamerson at South Carolina. Going to be a terrific football game. Yeah, that was where game day was this morning. It's going to be really, really big, big game. Yeah, no, uh, Mac Brown. He's done a phenomenal job at North Carolina. They have uh, Drake May, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, who is who is destined for a first round draft pick. North Carolina has a lot to to live up for this year there there's a lot of hopefulness there's a lot of expectations and they're playing a south carolina team who has been disrespected they a have lot. but they they ended the year so well and frank beamer's son is a head coach and spencer radler the former oklahoma quarterback yeah. is their quarterback so that ought to be a terrific football game we need to take a break after this break more on the end zone club live at dirty martin's place would love to hear from you to talk longhorn football at 512 512- 8360590512836050590 Horns win 37 to 10 over the Rye Sows and we'll have more from Dirty Martins when we return to KLBJ and Billy Gibbons and ZZ Top frequent guest here at Dirty Martins place welcome back to the end zone club after the Longhorn victory I'm Ed Clements along with Ben Clements with Scotty Sayers Longhorns win today 37 to 10 over the Rye Sows at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Next up for Steve Sarkeesian of the Horns, a date with the Alabama Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa next Saturday. Quick look at the scoreboard, fellas. Texas State leads Baylor 14 to 6 in the first quarter. UTSA and Houston Tide 7-7 Oklahoma State over Central Arkansas 7 to nothing. Um the Texas Tech game at Wyoming has been delayed because of weather, but North Carolina and South Carolina are playing right now. Yeah, Pop. Um, I think we should give our final thoughts. Uh, Scotty Sayers also with us here uh, on the Enzone Club. But final thoughts on the game. You know, it's it was interesting the way that it's set up. Again, I mentioned, uh, I think, on the 15th Club. First quarter seemed like it was a pass heavy air raid offense we come back texas we see a lot of a lot of running uh in the second half texas really pulled it together scored 21 points in that third quarter and were able to build a lead that was manageable that gave the texas fans a little bit of breathing room and then they were able to bring in malik murphy but you know scotty i i do wonder if you're an alabama crimson tide fan what are you thinking right now? Was that a ooh? Th- these guys are not what they were. They they looked like, or were talked about in the off season. Obviously, you can think what you want, and only time will tell. But if, if in my opinion, if you're Nick Saban and Alabama Crimson Tide fan, you think these guys are not what they've been hyped up to be all off season. Well, I mean, let's let's put it this way: it didn't scare them like a seventy to nothing game we yeah. have, like Oklahoma. Yeah put up today but on the other hand this game i mean texas did what they needed to do they didn't show anything they didn't run any any plays that were out of the ordinary that Mm. they might run next week yeah so i don't think that saban's gonna take anything he might he'll do a lot of film and see if he can pick up some information about certain players Mm -hmm. that he may not have seen last year yeah texas but i don't think it affects 
the way they look at us, one way or the other. Well, you know, te- so Texas is a uh, seven-point dog next week against Bama, which that's understandable. I think it opened up at like 12 or 11, and it went down to seven uh, up until this point. The biggest biggest bright spots for me were, were C.J. Baxter, who did go out uh, with an injury, per, maybe we know concussion, maybe shoulder. That was a bright spot for me, starting a true freshman running back who who held his own. Big guy, 6'2", 235. He can block no one like no other. Another bright spot for me was, and I, it's weird to say, but Jatavion Sanders, he only had two catches for 44 yards and a touchdown, but Maybe Sarkeesian did that on purpose. You you don't feed him the ball over and over again against the Rice because he's going to be your main target. There are a lot of bright spots. Defense looked fantastic. D-line held their own. They got to the quarterback a decent amount. Jalen Ford, linebacker, looked great. They brought in a, a plethora of defensive backs. There are a lot of bright spots, but there's nothing, I think, in my opinion, that you can pinpoint and say best in the country from Texas. Well, Worthy is as good as any he is. as any receiver in the country. Um, I, I'm, that's always going to be a bright spot as long as he stays healthy yeah. this year. That's going to be a strong point for Texas. Um, I just think that uh, I think it was just an an av- above yeah. average, slightly above average opening game against a bad team. Yeah. And we've seen that year after year. Your dad and I saw that yeah. growing up when Texas would play. Well, it can go either game. way. Yeah. You know, football's like any other. It's like golf. It's like a if you're taking a test. It depends on how, how you do that day, how you perform. And you've got teams like Oklahoma that put up 70 points that look fantastic, that were hitting on all cylinders. That doesn't mean they're better than Team B, who only put up 35 points against a team. It's all about how you do. So Texas fans, and, you know, there's been a lot of drinking of the Kool-Aid all offseason. Big, big, big time drinking the Kool-Aid, yeah. And I, I don't think this is a, a worrisome moment that they didn't cover and that they didn't absolutely terrorize the Rice Owls. It was a tune-up game. They call it a tune-up game for a reason. you got to fine-tune every little spot of your team. Offense, defense, special teams, you got to let the, the second and third stringers come in and get a little experience. If you're Steve Sarkeesian, you won the game. You won the game. I don't think he's exceedingly happy about what happened in the first half. And I know he's disappointed in what happened when Malik Murphy came in because Malik was leading them at least on one drive, and then they had two personal foul penalties. Uh, So that wasn't pleasing to him. I know he would have loved to have seen Malik score a touchdown, but he's got to be pleased with Quinn Ewers and the way he turned things around in the second half with the touchdown passes, another high percentage uh, for Quinn Ewers and even ran in for a touchdown. But again, uh, the playbook is going to be open a little more, I would say not a little more, a lot more next week against Alabama. By the way, game day is going to be there next week on ESPN, and it's going to be must-see TV and one of the best early season games we're going to see. Hell, I'll even say, guys, you know, Texas fans, maybe they should be a little happy. They didn't They didn't throw it all onto Rice. Sometimes it's better not to have your best game to start I the season. I think that's Oklahoma, an excellent. Oklahoma yeah. just put up 73 points. Oh, their expectations are going to be sky high. They will, they will be expected against, yeah. against SMU next week. If they don't score 50, they're, that was a fluke. And I, and I think that's what you bring up a good point because Texas fans 
excitements are going. I think are tempered right now. Bring them right down now. a bit. Of, they're right yeah. now because of the way they played in the first half. Yeah, I played better in the second half, but the expectations of this national championship and the cakewalk, yada da 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 da. No, I think that's it's probably good that Texas did not just go crazy today as Oklahoma went crazy today against Arkansas State. And we didn't lay an egg like Appalachian State with yeah. A&M last year. Yes, <laughs> I mean, yes. It could yes. be worse, Texas fans. <laughs> a, a, there is no, this is not a bad moment. No, You just won the game. You, you, you won the game. You played great against, against Rice. Look what TCU just did. Oh, TCU, yeah. TCU was in the national championship in February or in January, and they just lost to Colorado, who has 80 new players, a new head coach, and maybe the most controversial team in the country. It could be worse, Texas fans. And I do, just, not, do not count out Quinn. Do not count out Sarkeesian. Do not count out that that running back room. And within the hour, Sonny Dykes tweeted, tweeted, didn't get the results we wanted today, but we, we will get... 100, we will 100% get it fixed. We also owe our fan base an apology. We didn't communicate the expectation, win or lose, to stand with the fans and band for the alma mater. That won't happen again. Appreciate your understanding and support. So apparently TCU made a quick exit to the locker room. And then the Sunny Dykes burner account said, strike me down now, God, please. Oh, man. Deion Sanders. Look, Deion Sanders is going to be a big 12 coach next year. Yeah, and and we're not going to be there to see and it. Texas won't be there to see it. But this whole off season, I've never understood the hate that he's gotten. Yeah, he came in brash and arrogant, and he wanted his way. He's a great coach, and he showed all the haters today. He's for real. His son is for real, and he can put together an all-star team. He was always controversial when he was in the NFL. Yeah, he, sure. He MLB was, too. Yeah. I mean, he he just. He's a brash man. He is. He's just that way. Okay, so Texas did come out, we think, without any injuries. I think Baxter's fine. Yeah, CJ Baxter should be fine. I think online some of the reports is that he's he's fine. Yeah. So, Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Going in, into Alabama. NFL starts next week, so we'll give you the NFL preview next week. Uh, this time in a week we'll be talking about the Texas and Alabama game, guys. Real quick, predictions on the game. Uh, predictions on the Texas-Alabama game? Yes. Already? Yeah. It's always a week away. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's going to be an uber-exciting game. Texas, heck yeah, they got a great possibility of winning this game because of what happened last year. Uh, I think I'm not going to say Texas is going to win right now, but I think, you know, it's trending It's trending that way. But, no, I'm not going to say make a prediction tonight right Fine, now. Fine, I will. 24-21 horns <laughs> over Alabama. They will ride the ship. They'll, they will surprise Alabama. I'm going to say – I'm going to say that's a good call. I'm going to say the game goes into overtime. I'm not going to say who wins. All okay. right. I'll, 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 I guess I'm going with balls here, guys. 24-21. You said that Clement because says. my brother Ferris just said that's that. What he, that's a Have Ferris, some stones, Pop. That's you do this six Clement, days a week. That's the Ferris Flemish prediction. I'm not ready yet. I need to evaluate more. By the way, Mac Brown has just scored. North Carolina 7, South oh. Carolina nothing. Texas Tech and Wyoming uh, still delayed in Laramie. We got to go. Thanks, everybody, here at Dirty Martin's Place. Scotty, thanks for hanging out. Ben, thank you for your expertise. We will see you next Saturday right here at Dirty Martin's before the Longhorns and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. So long, everybody.